Okay. We are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perak Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, Chazon Yeshayahu ben Amotz, and we are beginning Nevi'im Achronim after having concluded the Nevi'im Rishonim, and we should plunge right into it. But first, we should point out, which is the obvious, that is that Nevi'im Achronim is a totally different limud than what we have had in Nevi'im Rishonim. Obviously, the narratives of Yoshua and Shmuel and Shoftim and Malachim are in prose. They are narratives, they are stories, wonderful stories, while Nevi'im Achronim, Yishayol on, are mostly in poetry. They are in verse, and being in verse, they are filled with metaphor and uh, similes and allegories, many of which even the Chachamim, Chazal, do not understand, and they admit they don't understand. Rambam says that some of what Yeshayahu is saying, some of the visions of Chazonos, we will not understand until Yemei HaMashiach, that they can be obscure. As to the popular perception that they lack the drama of the Nevi'im Rishonim, nothing could be further from the truth. They are action-packed. And if you need proof of that, the beginning of Yeshayahu starts with an earthquake. Can't get more dramatic than that. An earthquake in the base Hamikdash. Only thing is, it's not in Perik Aleph, it's in Perik Vav, as we have seen before, that the sequence, the division into Prakim of the Nevi'im, are not, or were not done by Chazal, or by Chachamim, or by Sanhedrin, but paradoxically were done by Christian theologians, and it stayed with us. So everyone agrees, there's a near unanimity of the consensus that the beginning of Yeshayahu is Perik Vav, uh, the sixth Perik. And so I would start by reading the sixth Perik as we get into it, not the sixth Perik, but just the relevant uh, Sukkim. And it's Perik Vav, I will read to Pasuk Dalin. Again, these... Nevi'im, Achronim, will always, as Yeshayot does, refer to something we have learned in Malachim, an incident, a story. So we are going to get back into them. And this is a perfect example of it. You will remember that in the um, first of the uh, kings in Malachim that we had, uh, Chizkiyot, before Chizkiyot, rather, uh, Uziyahu. There was a king, Uziyahu. Uziyahu started out very promisingly. As a matter of fact, he went on to amass lands and territory. There was a great period of prosperity. But then something entered his mind where his theory was 
that just as the Kaddish Baruch Hu is supreme in his sphere, he, Uziyahu, is supreme as Melech Yehuda, and he went into the Beit HaMikdash and offers the Ketores on the Mizbeach in the Heichal. He brings the Ketores, which is absolutely, unquestionably prohibited, because only the Kohen can bring the uh, Ketores in the Beit HaMikdash, and he is immediately, as you will recall, stricken with a terrible case of saras, of leprosy, so severe that it is never cured for the next 25 years of his life. But whatever it is, it sets off seismic, uh, literally seismic charges in the Shamayim and on earth. The Kodesh Baruch Hu Kaviyochel is outraged at this, that it shows the deep sins that Bnei Yisrael has fallen into that they would allow such a thing. And so what he does, and I begin in Pesachalot, by Yino Amos Hasifim, there's an earthquake. He sends an earthquake where the Beis Hamikdash shakes. Nikola Koreva Oshon. It's filled with smoke. And he turns to his Malachim Kaviyochol. And he says, uh, he says to the Srochim, what do I do? What can be done here? Uh, he says, Yeshua um, uh, is called Yeshayo, who happens to be present. And he says, who will go for me? Who will go for us? He says to the Malachim and remonstrate with B'nai Yisrael, rebuke them for what the terrible thing this king has done. Force them into tshuva. The Omar Hineni Shlachani. And I, Yishayahu, spoke up and said, Here, send me. He volunteers for the prophecy. Vayomer and the Kodesh Baruch who says the next person, Lech ba'armar talahem, go and say to them, Hazeh shimu shamoa You listen, you listen, but you don't absorb, you don't understand. You see, you observe, but you don't internalize the thing that you've seen. Hashmein le'va'am hazeh, fill their hearts make their ears heavy, and their eyes, they will see and they will defy you. They will attack you. follow uh, and heal them. And this was the mission of Yeshayahu. This was the incident that triggered it. It then goes out of sequence back to Perak Allah Pasak Allah. And we begin with Chazon Yeshayahu ben Amotz, probably the most famous of all of um, Yeshayahu's prophecy. Chazon, it begins with the word Chazon. Rashi points out that there are 10 Lishonos of Nebuah. There are 10 different expressions that a Nabi used. It could be Vayomar, Vayatze, Vayimlots. Chazon is the harshest of them all. He is sent with, as we're going to see, lacerating, harsh rebuke. 
which is interesting because we have already said that in Baba Basra it says, Sefer Yeshayahu Kulon Nechama. It's all consolation. We think of Yeshayahu as being totally in consolation in Nechama. Indeed, the seven Haftaros we read immediately seven weeks after Tishabov are all the Shivdad and Nechemta, it's called, the seven prophecies of consolation, are all Yeshayahu, which seems like a good point to uh, point out that no Navi has as many Haftaros uh, that are Maftirs for Sedras in the Torah than Yeshayahu. No Navi has as many Prakim, as we're going to see as Yeshayahu, that he has 66 Prakim. But what is also a technique of Yeshayahu we're going to observe, and this is where he gets the title of Kulo Nechama, is that he will start, as he does in Perak Aleph, brutal tochacha, lacerating harassment and, and um, just total abrading of B'nai Yisrael. And then at a certain point in the Perak, there's going to be, as he metaphorically throws them, a life preserver to speak. Without missing a beat, he's going to say, yes, you've done this, you're terrible, you're going to face this, but there is a way out of this. There is a way you can do tshuva. There's a way if you do ABC, this whole terrible gezera can be averted. So we look for that as a stylistic thing. So Chazal Yishayahu ben Amotz, ben Amotz, the Nefarshim tell us when we give the name of the Navi's father, it is most likely that the father is a Navi as well, as is the case with Yishayahu. But just as importantly, Amotz, the Nefarshim say, is the brother of Amatsyahu. Amatsyahu himself was a king of Yehuda, which teaches us that Yishayahu was in the Davidic line. He was a member of the house of David, as well as being a Navi. Continues Pasachal, Chazan Yishayahu ben Amotz, Asher Chazah ha-Yehuda v'Yerushalayim. The Chazonos which he gave of his vision on Yehuda v'Yerushalayim. That is not entirely accurate. Say the Mephoshim, including Rashi, that um, he does Babel, he does Moab, he's Mitzrayim. It's not just Yehuda for Yerushalayim. Moreover, reading Yeshayahu, you would be very logical in your thinking that, aha, these Nevios, these prophecies, are done right before Hurban Bayez Rishon, right before Nebuchadnezzar's conquest. They are not. Yeshayahu dies 132 years before Nebuchadnezzar and Bayez Rishon. He is prophesying at the time of Shiftei Yisrael, the ten tribes where they are dispersed by Sancheirev. He is speaking Nebuah on the era of Sancheirev. 
warning Yehuda Yerushalayim that if they do not mend their ways, they are going to go the same way where the bias will destroy it. But do not think this is contemporaneous with bias Rishon and its destruction. It is at the time, as we say, 132 years before. Yeshayahu will prophesy, and as they tell us, Chazal Yehuda Rishalayim, Bimei Uziyahu, in the days of Uziyahu, who was a wonderful king. I'm sorry, Uziyahu, who was a terrible king. Yosem, his son, who was a wonderful king. Um, Achaz, who was a terrible, awful king, probably one of the worst. Yechizkiyahu, who was one of the best. So we see how the pendulum swings at that time with the Malka Yehuda. Does not mention Menashe. One Mephoshim say, one of the Mephoshim say, because he does not want to be linked with Menashe, who was possibly the worst king ever. And so, too, it also is said by the Mephoshim that Menashe killed Yeshayahu. Yeshayahu was his grandfather. He's killed by, uh, because Chizkiah had married Yeshayahu's daughter, that he has him killed, Menashe. And so he reigns during these four kings. The period calculated by the Mephoshim is 86 years. Yeshayahu's era of prophecy is 86 years. He lives to be 120. So that is his period of reign. And he continues, he begins his prophecy, Shimu Shamayim Bahazinu Oretz. Listen, O skies, and pay heed, earth. We have encountered this language before. Certainly in Ha'azinu, the Sedra Ha'azinu, the next to last Sedra of Devarim, where it says, though, it is slightly flipped. You've got to pay attention to the nuance. There is Ha'azinu Ha'shamayim Ba'adaberu. Here it's Shimu Shamayim. And there Vatishma Ha'oretz Imrepi. And listen, O earth. But here it says, Shimu Shamayim Ha'azinu Ha'oretz. Yishayahu flips the Shema and the Hazino, And the Mephoshim points out that Hazinu is when you are closer to the object. You don't have to Shima, Shema, listen being declaratively emphatic that you hear because you are closer. Moshe, by his very stature, is closer to Shamayim. So he says, Hazinu uh, Hashamayim. All right, he's further away. He says, and listen, earth, Yeshayahu is not on the level of Moshe. And so he does it the opposite way, Shimu Shamayim. Heroes in disguise, Hazinu Aris. Why are we invoking Shemayim Aris? Simply because they are witnesses to the covenantal relationship. We see that in the Torah. And so Yeshayahu is calling them, just as Moshe called them, to bear witness to what he is about to say. Ki Hashem Diber. Banim Gidalti Veromanti. I have raised children and I have exalted them. Yeshayahu is famed and definitive for his use of double what seems synonyms. Gidalti for Romanti mean the same thing. I raised them, I elevated them. 
And there is a running machokes. The Radak says that's exactly what they are. Synonyms. It's poetic license. It's a homiletic device. Malbin says no. Malbin says each word means something different. Here, Gadalti means B'nai Yisrael, the individual Jew I'm speaking to. The Ramanti, I elevated them. I'm speaking to the Am, to the nation. And so whenever you see the double Lashem, you will see a machokis between Radak and Malbin, where Malbin says it means something. Radak says they are both linguistic synonyms. Behem Pashubi, they have transgressed me. I would only say that notice, Banim, Gidalti, Ramanti, that they are sinners. Your fathers were sinners, as we're going to see. Your children are sinners. And yet, we use Banim. They are still my children. And that is what the Mephoshim say, Yisrael, Afidu Shechotem, Yisrael, who? That even though a Jew sins, he is still a Jew. Even though a Jew strays far, he is still Banim. We refer to him as Bunny. And now, tomorrow, we are going to get into the just fierce, lacerating nature of the rebuke that B'nai Yisrael is about to receive, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.